big news, my third book, number one on Amazon in business, the pre-sale, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action is coming out April 4th worldwide. It's available on pre-sale, and if you buy it on Amazon, on Barnes & Nobles, wherever books are sold, let me know because I want to send you a special gift. So if you buy this book, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action, not only will you have the most immersive, in-depth, introspective book ever put together on taking action. This is three years in the making of myself doing research, studies, surveys. You know, the overview, 40,000 foot, just think Atomic Habits meets the Enneagram with crazy cool Malcolm Gladwell type stories from figures in history who changed the world. There's nine types of action archetypes, nine types of these things that we have that we can resonate with of why we are holding ourselves back from taking action. Everybody has something that they want to do and there's something that is stopping them. These nine action archetypes are the allodaxophobic, fear of other people's opinions, the burn, the inopportune, the blamer, the test believer, the perfectionist, the scarciest, the distracted, and the underestimator. And you will learn which one that you are and how to overcome this and take action. April 4th, do it, the life-changing power of taking action. Let me know if you buy this and I will send you a gift. Before we dive into this incredible episode that you are about to hear on the David Nurse Show, I just wanted to say a special thank you for being a listener, for tuning in. You could be anywhere else in the world right now and you are with me listening. And I also want to ask you, if you find value out of this episode, out of any of the episodes, to share it with a friend, share it with a family member. Somebody needs this and you can be the person that changes their life. And also, if you could, it takes about 12 seconds in total to leave a review for the podcast. Go to Apple, the podcast app, and leave a review. Five star if you love it. You choose, write a review. Let me know if you leave a review and I will shout you out. I will give you a gift. I will have a conversation with you. I'd love to hear from you if you are listening to this podcast. So go to the Apple Podcast app, leave a review, because it helps, it helps people that are searching podcasts, that are trying to find something of optimization, mindset development, and we will pop up as the top podcast. So you're also helping others by leaving a review and subscribing. Also, the show is on YouTube. If you want to watch me talk to the guest, you can watch it on YouTube, David Nurse channel. All right, now, time for the show. You are about to get your mind blown. Henry Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud, welcome to the David Nurse Show. It is an honor to have you on. I've been an avid reader of your books, known of you for a long time. Now I'm taking golf lessons and tips from you before the episode. But hey, we we will like we all know of who you are, all that you have done. But I want to know something a little bit different about Dr. Now, start us off with a bang. What's something that uh, most people don't know about you? Oh gosh. Um, well, I, how about this? I I spent prom night in jail. <laughs> you got to tell that story. People don't know that. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. How did that happen? Well, you know, back then we'd have the prom and then you'd have the after prom party, right? And so in between there, I'm driving my date and and we're 
we're going to the after prime and this buddy of mine pulls up, you know, one of those big streets and he kind of guns it and he thinks his car is faster, right? And you're, you know, what, 17 years old, it's stupid. And so we kind of start, you know, kind of playing with each other. And I got arrested for drag racing. <laughs> they hauled me in. But I learned something. I learned something. It's good to have friends. Because because my date's dad happened to be like the city alderman or city tax collector, some city official. And we walk into the night court and the judge is sitting there and he looks at her and goes, what are you doing here? And she told the story and he said, you guys get out of here. And so I got off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a really cool story. I mean, that, that, that scores some macho points. Like, you know, I just, you know, no biggie. Sitting in jail, drag racing. Drag hey, racing. Just another weekend, you know. I love it. So let's dive into it here. Trust. All right. First of all, I got to ask about the cover of the book. The cover is very intriguing. And as being an author, I know how important it is to have a dynamic, intriguing cover. And you have trust for everybody that hasn't seen it. It's trust. And then it's kind of mirrored, flipped underneath trust. What Can you talk to us about what went into that cover? And then we'll dive into what actual real development of trust looks like? Well, I think the metaphor they're trying to get to with the cover is that it is a dyad. You know, it takes two, right? And there is a mirroring of both components have to be present in both sides. But it almost looks, if you look at the cover, I don't think I have one right here, but it almost looks like it's hanging on because everything hangs on trust. Right, yeah. And trust fuels everything, you know, People have been listening here, and you and I, we've been sitting here for a minute or so, and I don't know if you noticed, you didn't notice probably, but you've been breathing for the last minute. Well, the reason you've been breathing is your entire system is wired in every single way, and all the way down your spinal column and in your gut and in your heart and in your brain to ask one question 24-7, am I safe? Yes. And you keep breathing. Until maybe you get a whiff of a gas fume and then you pull back. Well, in any business, in any relationship with your stakeholders, with your investors, with your team, with your customers, with your spouse, if you're married, with your circle of friends, you don't want people one foot in and one foot out. You want both feet in. And we all know that feeling if somebody's not fully in or we can't fully get in. And that's some breakdown in trust. What is, what is actually going Sometimes on? Very Go good reason. <laughs> Sometimes a very good reason. You know, the subtitle, the title trust, but then it says when to give it, when to withhold it, how to earn it and how to fix it when it gets broken. And those are four really important things because we all need all four. Do you, do you think there's a, a breaking point that one of those four people are missing. Most people don't hit. Is it a, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there, cause most people have a fairly decent innate ability to say, well, I have this gut feeling. I, I, I kind of feel like I can trust you, but is there one of those that is a blind spot for most people? Oh gosh. I think, um, <clears throat> so, you know, one of my favorite feelings in the world 
It's getting a great night's sleep on cozy and comfortable sheets and blankets. And for me and my wife, that is absolutely cozy earth. Cozy earth, comfort, more comfortable than cotton. It's made from bamboo. And get this, it has been featured on Oprah's favorites list. Oprah, yeah, favorites list for the last four years in a row. They even give a 100-night sleep test. That means you can try them out for 100 nights, and if you don't like it, you get fully refunded. It's high quality, so cozy, so comfy, you won't want to get out of bed. And now I teach people to get, get jump out of bed. But with Cozy Earth, you ain't going to want to get out of bed. And what they're doing for my listeners is incredible. Never been done before. 40% off. Are you kidding me? 40% off? If you go to Cozy Earth, C-O-Z-Y Earth, dot com and enter the code david nurse 40 at checkout that is david nurse 40 you will get 40 percent off the best covers the best sheets you've ever had in your life trust me you will absolutely love these you'll probably be sleeping in the next time i do a podcast check them out cozyearth.com david nurse 40 for your special discount it's sort of like you know Choosing between air, water, and food. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good enough. We're going to have a train wreck if we did. So it's kind of a little bit yeah. of a, what, you know, yeah. all of them are important. But but I think one of the big blind spots, um, and certainly the one that we can maybe uh, gain the most immediate low-hanging fruit from, is knowing when to give it and mm. when to withhold it. Those are flip sides, right, of the same thing. When do you say yes and when do you say no to trust? And the thing is, you know, David, we are wired. God wired us to trust or we couldn't breathe. He wired, I was talking to a guy on a plane, but he, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm writing a book on trust or researching trust. He goes, he goes, oh, I don't trust anybody. So I learned a long time ago, you can't trust people. I only trust myself. I said, well, dude, I'm a psychologist and you're crazy. <laughs> He said, what do you mean? I said, look out the window. You're at 43,000 feet. Don't tell me you got yourself up here by yourself. You trusted those pilots. You trusted somebody to put fuel instead of chocolate milk in the gas tank. You trusted people to stay on the other side of the road when you drove to the airport. Don't tell me you don't trust people. Hmm. You will never get anywhere of height. <laughs> You'll never scale anything. You'll never build anything if you can't trust. But you don't want the wrong people in the cockpit either, or you can go down. And so we got to know when, and we got to know when not to. And the problem is, you know, we're, we're wired to trust. We have chemicals in our brain, oxytocin and other stuff that makes us open up to someone and engage in trust. But sometimes that feeling Cannot, you know, it's important to live life with a head and a heart before your feet start doing something. And sometimes our heart can really feel so good about somebody, but we haven't checked the boxes on the objective things that should be present. I mean, you're going to marry this person. You had not even met their parole officer, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the chemicals yeah, yeah. are firing. Are you going to hire this person? Oh, they're great. Well, you, you, you really don't know yet until you yeah. know. Yeah, this that it's so good. It is. We think we want control, but the greatest control is actually understanding that we don't have the ultimate control. And I know you, as a man of faith, understand that. And it, 
probably gives you a lot of peace to be able to give up that type of control. So now there's a, there's a few things I want to go into here and, and, and loop back to that for sure. So do you think that guy on the plane or most people that you'll come in, in, in conversations with, is it something from their past that has shaped them to why they don't trust? Is it a blaming mentality yeah. that they have? Is it they were burned by somebody? Are they holding these uh, traumatic, basically traumatic age regressions where you're frozen in that time and they're not able to get past that. Do you think that's uh, one of the main reasons? Well, it is one of the main reasons. It's all, you know, our, our makeup really comes from our experience in life. You know, we're formed by experiences, but also how we experience those experiences. Mm, that's like good. you see some people that were horribly abused and they become abusers. Yeah. yeah. And you see others because they experienced it in a different way than the person that was abused and they they go through experiences about that experience that becomes new experience where they go out and heal people who were abused. But every time we find a wounded trust muscle or, you know, just a, a, a the altimeter is off, it doesn't read things correctly because we have confirmation by, well, you can't trust CEOs or you can't trust this. this <laughs> yeah. That's just a confirmation bias. And sometimes our lenses are really skewed. But we got that from somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of narratives floating around in a lot of different circles of life that people operate according to those. And they've never really said, well, where am I getting that? You know, is that true? Yeah. Hey, it's, you know, what? It, simple thing about just that cognitive slant. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, you know, I was rich people, you know, the people, successful people, I'd start a company, but you know, it takes money to, takes money to make money. And I just don't have any money. I go, you know what? I know a lot of people with a lot of money and 90% of them didn't have any money, but it takes money. So what they did was they found other people's money or they yeah. brought value to something. They got the investment. And so, but people stay imprisoned by yeah. these and trust is like that. Yeah. And that guy had, he had some wounds and we unpacked it. You could see how limited his life was because of that way of looking at things. Well, it's just so much easier to make excuses and blame somebody else for your situation you're in. And you're right. 80% of millionaires are first generation millionaires, meaning they have made their own millions. So it's not that yeah. narrative. It's not that cognitive bias that everybody says. I, I love your point on, and this is, I think it all comes down to this really is, the experiences that happen in your past either shape you for the good or for the bad. It's either you're going to follow in the same footsteps as, as if you got abused, you'll be an abuser. Or you got abused and you're going to go out and help stop abuse. Is there anything that's going on in the brain? Well, or, is there or I mean, you, you, you've mentioned kind of, you know, there's fight, flight, freeze, right? Sometimes, sometimes if you might not become an abuser and you might not help anybody, but you're frozen by that experience to right. function in life. And so, but we certainly, we get, I mean, why in the heck would we, why would, I mean, you're a basketball player. Why would we send them to summer camp to do all those drills and, you know, abilities are developed. So experience matters. What we got to look at is what experiences are we allowing and what are we, 
choosing, and sometimes bad things happen to good people too, but how are we experiencing all that and what's coming to play? When you get to trust, there's a lot of times people experiences make them make really bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. And that's what what the book's about. You know, how do I get the lenses on so I can invest with the right person or hire the right person or do a deal with the right person? It's important. Dr. Henry Cloud, it is so important because we've both seen it. I've coached in the NBA. You've consulted for everybody there is. And you see what makes great cultures and you see what makes bad cultures. And a lot of it is based on the people that they hire because they haven't done the back end research of that person to trust. They either go with a gut feeling. They go just because the resume looks good, but they haven't done the trust analysis. And I think you would be a really good basketball coach. And here's why. You know what holds people back in basketball and sports is hesitation. And if you're able to trust the work, trust the process to go into the game, understanding you've done the work, you can trust it. You don't have to hesitate and have fear. You win. You win in sports. You win in life. And I mean, I just think as a golfer, golfer, I can tell you the same thing. I mean, if you're they talk about in the zone, you're trusting your swing and you're not sitting up there trying to repair it on every shot because then then you got your prefrontal cortex actually interfering with the rest of the body that you've got to trust that those things are already wired into and we do have to trust but on that basketball court if is good and david i know you're awesome right if i if i put you out there by yourself against steph curry and all his other four guys (laughs) Trouble. <laughs> yeah, you got to have four other people that you can trust, right? Yes. yes. And you got to trust yourself to when you're flying through the air and you know he's to launch that thing because he's going to get up and grab it at the right time. And you, when that quarterback throws, they let go of it. They and they, the receiver's not even there yet, and they trust that guy to be there when that ball gets there. And you can't win without trust. Okay unbelievable here my new favorite product for health crazy that i hadn't heard of this before pendulum pendulumlife.com let me break this down for you okay so we know that glucose spikes is what makes us fat added fat they have pendulum glucose control which supports your metabolic health metabolism is the key thing to burning fat staying in great shape this glucose control, it helps lower your glucose spikes, boost your metabolism, supports gut health. Yeah, you better believe I'm using that. And they have what's called Acromanzia. Okay, so check this out. This is the first and only brand, Pendulum, to offer Acromanzia. It is the key strain for gut health. It nourishes and regulates the gut lining, which we know the gut lining, the gut microbiome, is basically like our second brain they feed each other acromanzia nourishes the gut microbiome helps you support a healthy weight and literally helps you stay healthy and not get sick over time oh my goodness yeah seriously i've been using this and my gut is awesome glucose control awesome feel with ton of energy haven't been getting sick pendulum pendulum life.com they are changing the game in probiotics no longer do you have to guess that's the worst you order something from amazon you're like yeah i hope this works yeah you don't have to guess anymore pendulum 
is changing the game of gut microbiome. And just for you, for listening to this podcast, code DAVID20 at checkout. Go to PendulumLife.com. Notes, well, this will be in the show notes. This is P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M Life.com. Code DAVID20. I'm telling you, this, <laughs> it's the real deal. Check it. Man, it's, I mean, it's, it's spot on. And yeah, and I heard you on a podcast talking about, and I thought this was a really interesting point and very powerful. I think you were talking about a, a friend who was saying his daughter is going to, the the daughter's boyfriend is going to ask for his permission oh, to marry her. And your response was just genius because most people don't ask hard questions. And I think it was something, if you can tell the story, I would love for the audience to hear this, but something to the to the tune of, Hey, I'm going to see where his tax receipts are, see where his business statements are. Not to necessarily see if he's making a lot of money, but just seeing if he knew how to do it. And I was like, wow, that is actually a very, very good point. Well, this is a hard question. Well, actually, well it, the whole premise of the book is, you know, trust fuels everything. We got to do it, but we got to do it well, right? Yeah. And, and there's what I tried to do is I tried to take all the research in the world and all the experience and, and yeah. give people a simple model. And I can't, it called all boil down to five specific yeah. things that have to be present for you to hit yes. And also trust is contextual. So the example of that, you know, so you got a boyfriend and he really understands her needs and, and he's for her and he's loving and all this. And, and my friend actually called me and said, you know, the kid asked me dinner. I know he's gonna ask for her hand. He said, I, what am I supposed to say? And I said, well, I know what I'm going to do. I got two daughters and I'm going to tell him, I want you to bring your last two years tax returns and your credit report. That's it. And he goes, yeah, right. And he started laughing. I said, I am dead serious. He said, that's so intrusive. That's so rude. I don't want to infringe in this. I said, he can white out the numbers. Okay. I just want to know if he can find them. Yeah. Because the third thing in the in the model is competency and that's where it gets to context because he might be a great boyfriend but the competencies involved in being a boyfriend versus being a husband that takes a skill set that's way past you know i like dancing with you and you're nice to me and all of that context matters i, I give you another example of the competency one i got called in with a to, for a CEO coaching thing, because the, the CEO was kind of languishing after a year, and they said, "Can you come coach CEO?" And I went and I said, "Yeah, how, how, you know, tell me the story." And he had been the COO and very successful COO for ten years. Everybody loved him, great performance. So they promoted him when, they, uh, when the previous one retired. And I said, "Where did he get the E?" They said, "What do you mean?" I said, "He was the COO. Now he's the CEO. Where did he get the E?" They said, well, we promoted him. I said, you gave him the chair, but where did he get the competencies to sit to fill that chair? I said, because as you're describing this picture of the performance of the company right now, I see a great operator, but I don't see a CEO function happening. Very trustworthy guy in honesty, integrity, and compassion, all this kind of stuff. But we've also, if we're going to trust somebody, you know, we've got to trust 
their competencies or abilities in a specific context, what I'm going to let go of and trust you to do. And so there's dimensions to trust. You got, do they understand me well and my needs? Do they know what hurts me? Do they know what I need from them? Do they know where my pain and my fear and my happiness lie in their performance? And how do they really get me and what I'm, everybody's gone in and talked to the boss, come out so he didn't get it, you know, because they didn't really hear. Because yeah. they're trying to persuade instead of here. Wow. And then the second one, what's their motive? You know, a lot of times, well, I'll give you an example. You know, we're doing a podcast, all right? Now, you do podcasts with authors, right? Mm-hmm. So so beforehand, I want to know about your audience. And I want to know, what what are you trying to do here? What is it you're trying to drive, not me? Mm-hmm. What? How can we serve what you're trying to get across. I'm here for you and I'm here for your audience. Now I got to mention a book, but you probably run into times where all they want to do is push their stuff, right? Oh man. Yeah. Or you hire somebody and you've got a direction you want the company or the team or the next quarter to go. They got their own agenda and they got their own motive and it's not, being for you and everybody has their own interests, but if they, if they're not for you and watching out for you, that's not trustworthy. And then you got the competency thing. And then what's their makeup? What's the character makeup? And I don't mean just honesty and integrity and all that. Cause my girls were, when they were six years old, they did not to lie, cheat or steal, but they didn't have the makeup to run a company. You know, if you got somebody, for example, and they click the boxes on everything, but their personal makeup is they need a lot of attaboys or girls, you know, and they got to have a lot of positive feedback and feel like everything is good all the time. Well, they can run certain things, but let's say you go buy a new division and it's going to be a year of pain. There's not going to be any good news. I need somebody with the makeup that loves to eat problems for breakfast and nothing's wrong. They're not happy. <laughs> that's a, that's a Navy SEAL versus my, you know, empathic friends that's going to, cry with me when my dog dies. I trust both of them, but we, but their personal makeup has got to be able to answer the call of that reality. And then the last thing is the track record. What happened last time? And we trust people with patterns. Everybody can have problems, but when there's a pattern that we know, I mean, what you know, again, let's say you got a problem employee, you go talk to them, and you try to talk to them about the issue and you get excuses and blaming and right. Oh, it's not that bad. And minimums and well, it was marketing, you know, and you come out of there. Well, the next time you got a problem, you go, I can't even talk to them. I know what happened last time. Totally. We, yeah. we trust patterns because our brain makes mental maps that knows what to expect. Your, your GPS knows if you turn right, you're going to get to, you know, the Lakers game. Right. But what if there's, if there's a detour that day, that's okay. We got a problem. But what if that, what if that map was off every time? You're going to toss that one. And so we've got to worry about the best predictor of the future is always the past, unless they get a new past. (laughs) People can change, but I'm sorry. Is apologies. Great. Trust me, no, well, not yet. Now we got to see a new past. So 
maybe six months from now, I can say, well, it's bad for two years, but in the last six months, I've really seen this. Now I'll start to trust a little more to you. So we got to check the boxes on a lot of things when we're looking at trust. It's beautiful, man. And and, and I can tell how passionate you are about this because you know how well this works. It's just like if someone says, hey, I want to get in the best shape of my life. They're not just winging it and they're not just throwing it here, throwing it here, throwing it here. There's actually a formulaic way to do it. And no one ever really, I've never heard a formulaic guide roadmap per se for trust and you've laid it out. And this is step by step. If you look at these points, these five points, you are going to be able to understand the people around you, the people that work for you, the person that you want to be, the leader you want to be. And you know what I love about it too? Isn't it funny how like everything that human nature thinks, oh, what can I tell them? What is it about me? What can I impose my leadership, my hierarchy on them when it's actually the other way around? And it's the, hey, how can I hear them? How can I see them? How can I empower them by asking questions? And the craziest thing is, well, not crazy to us, but crazy to most people is that's how Jesus led. Is some astronomical like 329 questions he asked and he answered like three. I might be off there, but it's something like that. And he didn't answer the ones that I want. Yeah. <laughs> what about so, this? So, hey, as, as, as we wrap this down, we wind this down, it, come back to the greatest control, because everybody wants control, is understanding that you do not have control. How do you live? How do you live into that is knowing that, that God as your ultimate control? Well, it's an interesting dynamic tension. Um, Look, God made every human to be a control freak. And that's why people are control freaks. But, I mean, we, we hook a toddler up to the brain scans. And if you say, watch this, and you're hitting the little hammers and their brain's got a little activity, but then you hand them, them the hammer, and they start to, their brain goes on fire because now they got control, right? You're made to have control. You have potency, but you're not omnipotent. So the kind of control that you're made to have is one thing, and that's self-control. Nice. Good. So then we look at all the things that we can't, I can't control the market. I can't control what interest rates have done in the past month. I can't control this, but what I can control is me and how I rally my team together to let's, as a business, let's take control of what we have control of to win in a place where we don't have control of a lot of stuff. And when people realize that the control thing is surrendering what you can't control, but taking control of yourself, how you respond to it, how you look at it, the actions you take, that's when we start to win. And that's why, you know, we can feel better by blaming and playing the victim card and all that. And it might all be true, but I still got to figure out, but how can I respond? Mm. And I always have that choice Mm. of looking at what are my options and which one am I going to go execute on? My God, that's one of the best three-minute segments I've ever had on the podcast. Please rewind that, listen to that again. I love that word too, man, surrender. That is the ultimate giving up of control. I love that. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, if you go back to the 08 financial crisis and, and had, you know, uh, clients on Wall Street, you know, one of the biggest firms and everything's crashing and all of that. And, and they, they sent me out to, you know, with their eight or 10,000 brokers to study how they were doing and their everything's awful and their clients are blaming them and they didn't cause it and everything's despairing. And in all of that, what I found was there was a group that was thriving. And I started to look at that. And one group was focused on everything they can't control and things were going to hell in a handbasket. But the ones that were thriving were saying, what do I have control of? And I actually, one woman, she had a little yellow post-it note of the things that she had control of every day that she was going to go do. That's good. And I, one little example, I was talking to a group of them and a guy goes, well, I'm paralyzed. I can't even pick up the phone. And I said, why? He said, because all my clients hate me. They think I caused this and they're blaming me for getting them into the markets and all this. And I'm scared to pick up the phone. And I said, wait a minute, all your clients hate you? He said, yeah, they're all, they all hate me. I said, how many you got? He said, 250-ish. I said, wow, man, you just won the lottery. He said, what are you talking about? I said, if all the clients are blaming their, their financial advisor and their brokers, you live in Manhattan. How many clients do you think there are in Manhattan? He goes, I don't know, a couple of million. I said, dude, you got a couple million people that hate their financial advisor. So let me give you just two, I'm going to give you two questions. Every time you're at a PTA meeting or a cocktail party and you're standing at the bar and somebody comes up or you're talking, just say, so, so how have you liked your financial performance over the last year? And they're going, oh, this is terrible. You know, he says, well, you know, that's what I do. I'll be glad to give you a second opinion. He could control that little action, turned around those guys, the ones that did that and a few other things, had the best year they ever had because they were gathering assets from people that were in misery because they were stuck. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've heard this over and over and over, but downturns are great opportunities, right? Totally. When somebody quits and leaves, I was working with an organization the other day and somebody left and everybody's like, crisis. I was going, gosh, what a great time for a reset. Because that person's abilities had a ceiling in the direction of now we can go to a whiteboard and then we can engage talent around where you really want to go. So how are you gonna look at it? Hey, doctor, that like that's it. I mean, if you look at the companies that started during recessions and depressions, it's mind blowing of how big and powerful they are because you look at these times as opportunity. And hey, I know we're only tapping into about one percent of your immense knowledge that you have and i would love to sometime nerd out seriously on from here, man. <laughs> oh man no, no, no. there's so much i want to ask you and there's so much uh, the neuroscience behind mm-hmm. it all and even going into the focus state and the, some studies that i'm doing in terms of that for athletes and high performers that's a whole nother conversation but oh gosh you- that is that is a very good one for hey, athletes there's so there's there some probably mutual friends we have, Dr. Daniel Amen and Michael Gervais, that we're doing some things in that area. And I'd love to loop you in if you have interest on that. But where can everybody find the book? I'm assuming it's just everywhere books are found. Where can we yeah. 
study all that you're doing and, and the uh, the daily stuff that you do? Where can we follow that? Well, um, you can follow daily stuff on Instagram. Um, you know, a well, obviously just go to wherever books are sold, Amazon, you know, uh, Barnes and Noble, all of those places. Yeah, totally. It's right there. But if you go to drcloud.com forward slash trust, um, depending on when this is aired, I don't exactly know. They'll have to check it out to see if it's still active then. Um, but if you if you order the book through there, you can get, um, I think, don't hold me to this if it's aired uh, too late, but but you can get, I'm going to do a live event on this that you get for free. With that, oh, so. we will air it next week so you're listening to this we're recording march 15th they will hear it whatever one week and one day on a thursday is from now march 23rd so it will be there okay drcloud.com forward slash trust and i will i'm gonna buy a book for everybody that i coach for not just for hey to support you but yes to support you but because people need this this is how powerful this is and how much that it can change people's lives and obviously massive companies live. So you have my word on that and just an honor and a privilege to have you on here, Dr. Henry Cloud. Thank you so much for giving your time. Great to be here. And maybe I'll see you on a golf course one day. Okay. I'll go work out. I got to take that slice out first. My chipping game is good, but I got Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The brain can only, the brain cannot not do something. It's true. I know. Yeah. So you can't stand there and say, don't slice it. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to take the slice out. Mm-hmm. But instead, we're going to learn to hit a draw. You can do that. Now, you see, you can that's have- what I coach to NBA players, and you're giving me a taste of my own medicine. I need it. All right. I'm hitting every shot down the fairway with you, and <laughs> it's on. Thank you, brother. Got it. All right. Good talk to you. Thanks. Okay, so if you enjoyed that podcast, check this out. What I do is I give keynote talks to companies, corporations, organizations, teams all throughout the country and the entire world. If you want me to come speak to your team, to your company, or know somebody who might, reach out to me, please. I'm very easy to get a hold of, david at davidnurse.com. And I'm also doing some super special gives with my new book, Do It, The Life-Changing Power of Taking Action, coming out April 4th. Message me because I'm doing some gives for free talks, for free coaching courses, even an amazing NBA tickets experience at Los Angeles gourmet food Michelin star celebrities type of thing for people who buy a certain amount of books. So please check this all out. Reach out to me if you're interested in a keynote talk or to know more about the book giveaways that I'm doing. April 4th is the launch. Thank you so much.